She's the author of the critically acclaimed ghost story Soft Seance, Franny Joy. And they put the cunt in old country buffet, Danette Smith. And you're listening to Verses, the podcast where poets confront the ideas that move them. Brought to you by the Poetry Foundation and Post Loudness. Hi, Denise. Hey, Brandy. How you doing? I'm doing good. How's uh, how's uh, tour been? Tour is actually really cool so far. Yeah. Um, I did like my first uh, two weeks of gigs where I only performed with friends. Oh, um, that's so nice. Yeah, and I was like giving myself a small little gift, you know? That's so nice that you have gotten to perform with friends. Yeah. Because um, it's like it can be so lonely um, on the road. Yeah, you know? you know, it's been nice to have the homies and that way I don't have to like lean on my like collection of like small tender things to keep me happy <laughs> so far. <laughs> right, like you have other friends besides uh, Crystal in your pocket. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, like it's small that, you know, I used to like, I think I talked about on the show before, but like I used to carry around that altar. Of Are you still doing that? N- not so much. Okay. Because, you know, we try to keep the carry-on a little lighter. Right, right, these right. Because yeah. of, the, you know, bad backs and shit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> But I do, like, there's a couple small things. Like, I have, like, you know, it's silly to me. And, like, we're actually not that close. But, like, I have, like, my, like, sister's, like, high school photo oh. in my wallet. And, like, that's been, like, a really cute thing to, like, sit there and remember. Like, when I'm on these Delta flights, there's somebody I love out there somewhere. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been nice. And, like, you know, a couple crystals and just, like. You know, just casual. Nothing fancy. Just a couple just, crystals. Just, just a amethyst here and there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, and then, like, yeah, I have, like, um, like, like I have, like, a little, like, card that my boo gave me. Like, like a little, like a, like a Hallmark card? Like a greeting card? No, like they made it themselves. Oh. Yeah, you know, just like some tiny and ma- monumental. Mm. Uh, <laughs> tiny sense. monuments. Yeah, what tiny monuments you got? Do you got, do you keep <laughs> anything when, because uh, like, you be out here. I mean, I often walk out of the house with a uh, rock in my pocket, like hmm. uh, a particular rock from the from the fancy lesbian crystal store <laughs> right Ooh. around the corner from my house. Ooh. Um, but there should actually be a place named that. I would go. Fancy lesbian crystal store? For fucking yeah. sure. But <laughs> well, also, um, you know, my partner gave me this watch for Christmas slash New Year's last year. Mm-hmm. And it has a little engraving on the back. It says, a map of narrative time with you always. Which is like a nice little thing to be like, okay, first of all, let me try to be on time to things. <laughs> and then also, second of all, yeah, a little a little map to navigate the the strangenesses of of um, of time, you know? It's a good sort of like grounding thing. Also, when I have the watch on, because it's kind of like a thick butch watch, I feel like my butch power mm. <laughs> being like, I'm going to get to shit. Yeah. I'm going to arrive <laughs> there <laughs> and move through space and time. Amen. You and know? these are the power of like tiny things, right? I think that's how we get to live in. And the world can feel like so big and swallowing sometimes. And it's sometimes nice to remind yourself that like, oh, this great big planet is made up of all the tiniest things. Yeah, right? little things to hold on little to. Little things to hold on to, little things that keep you grounded, all the little things that keep you that way down to the earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of beautiful tiny things, we got a chance to delve into this topic with our guest today, Paige Lewis, eminent American poet Paige Lewis, um, whose new book, Space Struck, uh, just came out from Saraband Books in September. And so we are really excited to get to talk to them about um, not just small animals and objects, um, but also what it means to look at the wonder of the universe Mm -hmm. through the delight in 
the tiny. And also the big, the yeah. epic. Oh, the, yeah, right. Yeah, we <laughs> really spanned from the very small to the very large yes, um, yeah. in this conversation. Where Paige Lewis is the author of Space Struck, released by Sarah Band Books in 2019. Their poems have appeared in Poetry, American Poetry Review, Plowshares, The Georgia Review, and The Infamous Elsewhere. Lewis is a curator of the YouTube series Ars Poetica. Ars Poetica, y'all. You see that play? That's nice. That's nice. Like O-U-R-S, mm-hmm. like it belongs to us. Yes, you and me. And they, <laughs> <laughs> and they currently teach at Purdue University and at the Low Residency MFA at Randolph College. Uh, let's get into this interview with Paige Lewis, and they're going to start us off with a poem. This poem's called On the Train, A Man Snatches My Book. On the train, a man snatches my book, reads the last line and says, I completely get you. You're not that complex. He could be right. Lately, all my what-ifs are about breath. What if a glass blower inhales at the wrong moment? What if I'm drifting on a sailboat and the wind stops? If he'd ask me how I'm feeling, I'd give him the long version. I feel as if I'm on the moon, listening to the air hiss out of my spacesuit, and I can't find the hole. I'm the vice president of panic, and the president is missing. Most nights, I calm myself by listing animals still on the least concern end of the extinction spectrum. Aardvarks and blackbirds are fine. Minnows thrive, though this brings me no relief. They can swim through sludge if they have to. I don't think I've ever written the word doom, but nothing else fits. Every experience seems both urgent and unnatural. Like right now, this train is approaching the station where my beloved is waiting to take me to the orchard so we can pay for the memory of having once, at dusk, plucked real apples from real trees. Hmm. Oh, Paige. <laughs> I love that poem so much. I love this whole book so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, also, I relate so deeply to I'm the vice president of Panic and the president is missing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> The line in that poem that speaks to the whole book for me is urgent and unnatural, mm-hmm. which kind of feels like how you see um, a little bit, or at least like what I saw. I was just like, oh, yeah, of course, all these things are urgent. And of course, we need to see them. And Paige is fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Just weird. <laughs> uh, how does the vice president of panic pop into your head? You're like a comedian, too. You're really funny. Like, I don't know. When did When did you start inviting like sort of these like, quaint and unnatural and wonderful and like disturbing strangenesses into the work hmm. thank you for thinking i'm funny i <laughs> recently i recently gave a reading and no one laughed at any of my funny moments no I'm like no, no. Funny. <laughs> oh, like, no i was like cracking up reading this book i was like <laughs> yeah, this funny and then like deeply disturbed yeah. <laughs> well, and i feel like if you're going to have like a comedy like you know how you can have a tight five as a comedian mm-hmm. like if you're going to practice it on anyone it seems like a room full of poetry readers would be the place to practice it mm-hmm. because they're like so ready to laugh for you and like mm-hmm. they're really empathetic and they're like oh you're making a joke ha 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 um <laughs> Whereas, like, you don't want to do that at, like, an open mic night. And so I feel mm-hmm. like 
I wouldn't be a good comedian, but like if I can have a few jokes and poems, it's nice to have an audience that's willing to like humor me about them. Mm -hmm. um, have you always been funny in the work? I don't think so. I used to be very sad and it was boring. It was really mm. boring for me to only be sad because I'm, I'm sad all the time. I don't want to be sad in my poems too, <laughs> um, or at least not always sad in my poems. Um, but it was useful for me to find humor in the things that made me very anxious or very, very mm. um, sad or else I wouldn't want to go to the page and I wouldn't want to get up out of bed. Mm. Um, and it seems like I am most interested just in like my own life. I'm most interested in the weird things that I learn and see in the world. And so I think I just am very selfish and assume everyone else would be interested in those things too. Mm. And so those are the things that wind up in the poems. I'm like, oh, this would interest me. It's like your own private Reddit. Yeah, it is like my own private Reddit. Hmm. <laughs> no scary comments or anything. <laughs> um, Paige, what is moving you these days? Oh, okay. A few things. Um, the first thing that popped into my head was fish, like living fish mm. okay. um, and learning about them uh, has been moving me lately, which sounds strange because I don't know that much about, I don't know that much about fish. What kind of just fish at writ large? At large, but also like recently beta fish. Recently. Those are the ones who fight, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you can find them like People will keep them in tiny little vases or like um, cups. Mm -hmm. And you're like, it needs more room than that, doesn't it? Uh, and so I was recently at a grocery store and walked past like a section where they had fish. And I'm like, why does a grocery store have live fish? Like, I don't understand why you need yeah. this. Um, and there were just a bunch of really sad looking beta fish in tiny little cups. And all the cups were really dirty. Mm -hmm. oh. um, and I was like, oh, no. I'm going to steal one of them. <laughs> uh, and so I took one uh, because it's already in a tiny cup. Uh, yeah. No one's going to stop me. And so I stole the ugliest one. Mm -hmm. It was the ugliest, saddest looking one. And I was like, you are going to die soon. Um, huh. I like to project onto, <laughs> onto <laughs> creatures. Uh, and so I was like, you're going to die soon. And then I went to a different store, uh, like a pet store, and bought a bunch of tank and filter stuff mm. and then ended up spending like $300 to help this fish. But now he's very, very happy mm. um, and he's at home. But uh, now I just want to know everything there is to know about betas. Mm. Uh, and like they are supposed to have at least like five gallon tank. They're supposed to have Whoa, really? like Whoa. a specific For the one fish? For one fish, yeah. Um, and you're supposed to have like a heater because they're supposed to live in 78 degree water. Whoa. And you're supposed to get them like a filter and you're supposed to get them live plants. And like they make bubble nests when they're happy. So if they don't make bubble nests, you have to start wondering what you're doing wrong. Wow. And so I don't know. I didn't Wait, know Wait, what is a bubble nest? They like make bubbles with their mouths and then they, it's like a place for them to like sleep in. Oh, what? that sounds very charming. It's so <laughs> Do they have like mouth slime that like keeps the bubbles it, together? I haven't learned that part Whoa, yet. That's okay. the thing that I need to learn next. Yeah, fucking cool. <laughs> it's so weird. Um, they're very small hmm. and they're fish and there are bigger things to be worried about. Hmm. But I also want to worry about the small things. Hmm. I named him Shrimp King. Shrimp uh, King. Yeah. <laughs> and it's after like a very silly cat video that I saw once. Um where like the cat's name was Shrimp King and I was like that's the best name Whoa. and so I couldn't even be original so with my fish so a beta fish. fish named after a cat <laughs> named for a shrimp yes. king 
Yes. Tight. That's great. That's great. Um, the circle of life, man. Yeah. My cats were very interested in him when I first brought him home. Sure. And now mm. they're pretty used to him. And so they don't, they would try to get inside the tank, um, even when the top was on. Oh, no. Yeah. And so they're I was, hungry. I was nervous. Uh, and, and now they seem okay. Um, and he's fine and he's happy and he's like, his fins are much bigger now and mm. he's like a totally different color, which I didn't, Whoa. I didn't know. They change color? They're more vibrant if they're like happy. When he was in the store, he was like a really pale, like almost gray. Mm -hmm. And now he's like a really deep blue. Whoa. Yeah. Does he have a bubble nest? No, he doesn't have one. I'm like, what do I do? What am I doing wrong? Mm. Uh, he blows bubbles at me. Okay. I think he's probably mad at me. Uh, well, that sounds like flirting, you know. It's very cute. <laughs> like he'll come, he'll come up to say hi. And then um, someone told me that if they are just looking at you and coming up to the tank, it's just because they want to see who you are and what your face is doing and then if they put their gills out like mm -hmm. they open their gills that means they're mad mm. and I was like oh he's never done that and then the next day he did that and oh, I was like no. oh no you're mad at me and so he was threatened by me and so I, I went away so I'm just like interested in fish now wow. and like thinking about how they have feelings and how people don't think of them as having feelings mm. have you ever heard someone be like oh I eat I don't eat meat but I eat fish because they don't fish yeah. feelings yeah, yeah. It's not true. There's like mm. scientific study, which is, I mean, science can be very cruel to animals. Mm. Um, I remember reading about this one study that was done on fish where they would inject their lips or whatever you would call a fish mouth mm. um, with wasp venom. <gasps> this is getting weird. And then they would put anesthetic, is that the word, mm -hmm. into um, one part of the tank that they could swim towards. Mm -hmm. um, and all the fish, once they were injected, would go to that side of the tank and stay there. And then they also did it where they didn't give them anesthetic and, and then the fish would just rub their mouths against all of the surfaces that they could because they wanted to get rid of that feeling. Hmm. And it's like, how good you say that they don't feel pain? Oh, wow. Well, but also like fear response is like also even a different thing from pain. Right. Hmm. right. Yeah. Or fear or like anger, you said. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, You said something about like um the importance of paying attention to the small things in addition to the to the to the big stuff. I mean, I feel like that's so much of the heart and power of your book, Space Track, um, is that it's it stays so small and so big. Like every poem mm. um, collapses like the big questions of the universe with like the tiny intangible. Mm -hmm. um, and each one is like a, their own little world. Yeah, too, for right? sure, mm -hmm. for sure. First of all, congratulations on making a beautiful book. Mm, um, thank you. Can you talk a little bit about? the challenge of that you sort of set out for yourself and like looking at the the entirety of the universe in in these little poems not all little but like <laughs> sort of like that's small really scope sometimes mm. poems that's a big question uh i i like the denez that you said that they feel like they're on like little worlds mm -hmm. um and i definitely think of them as well being very separate from each other mm. as well as like working together because, it, I mean, I wrote all of these poems on different days. I wasn't mm -hmm. thinking about when I was writing these poems that they would all come together into a book. Um, I was just writing. When I start to think about things that are much bigger than me, the only way that I can continue to even try to think about those things is if I try to connect them back, do something that I can possibly wrap my mind around, mm. or else I'm just lost or I want to go to bed. Um, and then I ignore whatever problem I was thinking about so that I can go watch TV and then fall asleep. Um, and so the way to keep myself interested or to keep myself grounded is to always kind of be grabbing at the small things. Like, mm. oh, I'm going mm. to 
look at this shiny rock while I'm also talking about God mm -hmm. uh, or else I'll just like fall off of the earth. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know. That's the only way I can think about big things because I don't know anything. Hmm. Do you ever feel like that? You're like, do I know anything in the entire world? Like, yeah. what is truth? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Well, there's a, there's even, there's a line in one of your, in one of the poems that I marked in Because the Color is Half the Taste. He makes me feel stupid and it's hard to sleep knowing so little about everything. So I enroll in a night class where I learn the universe is an arrow without end and it asks only one question, how dare you? Hmm. Yeah, I love that how dare you question. How have you been answering that question? I, I was my, my temp, I was how tempted to you, just Paige? say, "Well, Paige, how dare you? <laughs> how how do you dare? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, what does that? How dare you mean to you? It's it's like how dare you even exist hmm. right now? Like everything, I feel like everything that I am doing by be, just by being alive is causing harm hmm. to the earth, um, to the environment, and so I think that if the universe had a question for me. It would just be like, how dare you mm. think that you are like important enough to exist right now mm. when you are tearing down the existences of so many other things mm. at the same time? Mm. Like, who do you think you are? Mm. Um, what do you mean by tearing down the existence of other things? Well, just like by even making this book, a bunch of trees had to die. Mm. Um, by eating anything like different sorts of vegetables are going to die a lot of water was used for like the almonds that i'm eating uh, a lot of water was used to grow the cotton to make the shirts mm. that i'm wearing yeah. um and so there's just so there's many there's no way to be like a little black hole exactly consuming, consuming. yeah yeah mm. and so i'm just like i'm always taking away from the earth and i don't know that anything that i'm putting out into it is enough like it's not even enough to balance what i'm taking um, let alone like be giving anything new to the world. Mm. And so I'm constantly thinking about that because I like being alive. Mm -hmm. Like I think it's great, but I don't know that I should be. Like mm. I don't know that we as humans are doing a very good job right now. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. I think we're doing a pretty piss poor job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Generally. We're not yeah. tending to it, you know, the planet. Yeah. Mm. yeah and how, how do you like mm. – uh, Wordsworth has this sonnet called The World is Too Much With Us. Mm. And I always think about that. And I mean, that's an old poem. The mm. world is too much with us? Yeah, mm. the, the world is too much with us. Um, this isn't new. This isn't something that poems haven't been written about already. Mm -hmm. But it's all that's on my mind. Mm. And so, yeah, it's, it's really just a question for me. How dare you mm. uh, exist when everything else is going away? Mm -hmm. Mm. What one thing that I really love about the poems uh, is that you know we're talking about the universe, but to me they I started to think about them like alternate realities, mm. you know, because everything is like real but also impossible in mm -hmm. these poems, right? Like you know that you can live in this alternate reality where people come over to your house and never leave, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> you can live in a world where like you know God has a secretary and stuff like that, and so I'm wondering when you talk about the poems. The impetus you're you're speaking about yourself, but mm -hmm. do, do you feel is is Paige writing the poems? Where do like persona, um, and I don't even know if it's persona is it surreal persona the self just pushed into alternate spaces. Mm. Uh, I guess like where do like persona and maybe like confession or just the self I guess press up against for you in this book. I'm really interested in persona poems and also in the ways that we can do them 
I don't know if correctly is the right word, but mm. do them in a way that doesn't cause harm, right? Because mm -hmm. you could write in the persona of a, vo of, of a person or a voice that is definitely um, not yours uh, yeah. and, and definitely like uh, below you on whatever power structure mm -hmm. and you're just uh, wearing that mm -hmm. voice and it's, it's appropriative. And so I'm always thinking about persona poems in that way, but I love persona poems. You're uh, very good at them. And oh, I, in a way you. that was like, you know, and I think it was cool to like, have persona poems that I felt comforted in not necessarily knowing who it was, mm -hmm. just that it was someone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a life, this is an experience that anyone had. I don't need to like have a name. So I was, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. You're very good. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, for a long time, when I would write about things that I cared about, mm -hmm. um, I would also have this detachment to the things. Like I didn't want to put myself in the poems I felt too vulnerable and mm -hmm. I wanted to be tough and mm -hmm. I was like no I can't be there uh, I have to put a lot of distance and so persona poems were great for me mm -hmm. because I was like oh I can pretend that this isn't me um, <laughs> and put an extra layer between me and the reader there's a comfort in that mm -hmm. for me mm -hmm. but I think that the eyes in all of the poems are just different versions of myself like mm -hmm. I have a bunch of different selves um, and it's interesting to think about oh, the many versions of Paige uh, mm -hmm. that exist and how each one is true and also like a big liar in each, mm -hmm. in each poem. Mm -hmm. um, I find that it's very, very fun to mess with facts mm -hmm. uh, in my poems. And so to mess with the self is also very interesting. And so it's always me. Mm -hmm. um, and even when I say that it's not me, it's still me. Mm -hmm. um, I might not have done the things that the eye is doing in the poems or I might not have like witnessed the things that the eye is witnessed mm -hmm. in the poems but it's you're inhabiting personas that you can rock with I guess it's just, you know it's yeah, not, it's it's not like, like eye-ish where you're like I want to be a murderer today. right 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 <laughs> and it's it's a I mean it's ultimately a mask right and mm -hmm. I am still there behind the mask and I still need to for me with persona poems you have to connect with the voice to begin with mm -hmm. there has to be some thread connecting you or else I don't think that it's going to be a very effective persona poem because mm. you're not going to feel for it. And if you're not feeling for it, then your reader is not going to feel for it. Mm -hmm. Or at least I don't think so. Yeah. The book came out la this past year. Is yeah. that true? September, yeah. right? Yeah. September. Like, October. I don't I, <laughs> I read it in September. But I, think it <laughs> <laughs> I think it was September. I think it, was, it, it, was it was like late September, like right? 2019. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yes. yeah. Um, how are you feeling now that it is in the world and has been in the world for a few months? Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Like, uh, it's, most of the poems are pretty old. Like, mm. like at least, like, three or so years old. Mm. Um, the newest one was written, like, a year before publication. So, mm. like, everything feels very distant to mm. me now. Mm -hmm. But it's nice to have the poems out in the world mm -hmm. and to know that some people are enjoying them. Um, I haven't had any hate mail. Which is exciting. Um, <laughs> do y'all get that? Every once in a while, one sneaks through the spam folder really? with a little hate mail. Yeah. I don't know if it's hate mail exactly. I think people will just like say weird stuff on the internet, on yeah. Twitter. Just like stay off Goodreads and don't search yourself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Stay I mean, sometimes, reads. yeah, stay off Goodreads. Sometimes there's nice things in there, mm -hmm. and then eventually you get to that one star review that makes you feel like a piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> so it's not worth it to yeah. even look at the nice ones. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good advice. <laughs> All right. I guess maybe if you're the kind of, per I'm not the kind of person that, that can just go in and remember the nice stuff. Mm -mm. I definitely walk out being like, oh my God, I'm a monster, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah, um, no, I, I imagine that that just seems like it's like don't read the YouTube comments, don't yeah. read the mm-hmm. Goodreads yeah. reviews. Yeah, mm-hmm. that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yikes. Um, but it's been fun. Um, I do feel, like I said, pretty distant from the poems. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like because I've been, like a lot of these poems are pretty old. I've been reading them for a really long time, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. at readings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now when I'm reading the book at like readings and I'm like supposed to be reading the poems from the book, I'm like, I've already read these so many times. Mm-hmm. This is going to bore the audience. Mm-hmm. Like it's not like they're, they're new, but I'm right, not. And right, so it's yeah. it seems like it's old news to me. I just want to talk to them instead. I'm like, you don't want to hear these poems again, do you? Uh, this is strange. Um, <laughs> especially, well, especially if they don't laugh at the jokes. Well, then I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, but I guess the strangest thing is it doesn't feel any different than not having a book. Really? Yeah. Still living where I'm living I'm still loving who I love mm. um I still have two cats um <laughs> I still find um really stupid jokes really funny on the internet uh I'm still looking at memes mm. uh and nothing has really changed and you're still writing too right it's yeah. not like you have a book and it's like okay do it again <laughs> yeah it's like nothing I I I guess I didn't I don't know that I expected anything to change but mm. but like Maybe in some daydream book meant something new for the self. Mm. Right. I don't know. Like you're like on a different plane or something. Mm. How did you feel after your joy came out, Brandy? I kept not exactly believing that it was a real book. Mm. I love the cover of my first book. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jess X. Snow who designed it. But um, I felt like book cover dysphoria. Like I kept looking at it and being like, does this look like a book cover? Like, does it look like a book? Oh, like, yeah, and I just, mm. I, I couldn't wrap my head around it being. I mean, I think that also has to do with ha- having it come out on, you know, such a small press, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had, had tricked some people into stapling together mm. my poems and then was handing it out and then people would hand me money and I felt like I was just like pulling a fast one on people. <laughs> mostly. Yeah, like I felt like a counterfeit. Mm. Yeah. Did it feel different with soft science? Yeah, for some reason it did. It felt a little bit less fake. Hmm. I don't exactly know. Maybe it was because I, I, by that point, I had decided that my first book was a book after all. Mm-hmm. So then it was my second book. I don't know. I don't know what it was. Um, mm. But yeah, maybe there's like thicker paper. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it is thicker paper. <laughs> the paper's really thick on that second, on that second one. Um, I don't know. What about you? Um, I think it's because like, coming through like spoken word and slam and stuff like that i was used to like hand selling books mm. that i had already made before right exactly and so you know it felt like okay like I have, i'm a poet of course i have things stapled together that are mine yeah. you know but i think what really changed for me was the first time it's anytime i see a book and, and i'm not there somebody posted a picture of it and i knew i didn't hand sell it to mm-hmm. them um it, it's like people saying like oh i got this book from the library or like the first time i saw myself in a bookstore i was yeah. like oh shit you live here now book or like yourself yeah, you know like that is a thing like people pull you off the shelf and i try to remind myself that because i get so excited when i see my friends on the bookshelf mm-hmm. even though you know it's like homies like that now like sometimes i have like you know two three books you know right. <laughs> like i see their book everywhere and i'm like ah it's my friend right. you know yeah. in the bookstore i am like, this right. is the place where like i used to steal from and come to to like cry and be gay you know like and so and so that I always try to remind myself like sometimes I see myself on the bookshelf I'm like okay and then, but then I'm like wait that's really cool mm-hmm, like somebody right. like a little you is gonna walk in and like just like pull it off the shelf you know and like that is what's cool to me about having yeah. a book like I think yeah the idea that like there is now 
a way to be an artist that is completely divorced from my body, that I don't have to be there to like, yeah, sell it, read from it, whatever. Like, that's kind of cool that like, and that's like my favorite moment too when I'm like talking to somebody when like, they're like, oh, like I read your book and it's my first time seeing you. That I was really, maybe because of the spoken word thing makes me feel like a real poet. Mm. That there are people who like only know my work because of like this like bound thing that they took into their hearts. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing somebody sent me a photo of they'd seen my book on the shelf at City Lights mm-hmm. in San Francisco. And that was like, to me, as a teenager, like a magical temple mm-hmm. of it. like, this is where Ginsburg, like first read how, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Like I had a, in my college, um, like freshman bedroom, I had like a poster from City Lights bookstore, like on the, because I was really cool. It's so nerdy. I know. It was, it's super, yeah, it was very, extremely nerdy. But, you know, and so then I was like, oh, my book is at the, the not just like a, any old bookstore, but like this bookstore that I like think of as like the bookstore. Mm. I was, yeah, my mind was blown. That you were willing to buy a poster. I'm just like the storefront. It's amazing. Bookstore. Mm. I think that that was probably like really impressive for anyone that went into your dorm room there. Whoa, <laughs> bookstore. <laughs> I would have thought that was really cool. Like, I, I would still too. think that was really cool. Yeah. Like, wow, I can't believe you have that. Did you have other posters? Like, I had like that one and like a fucking like Abbey Road, you know, like, the most like regular <laughs> ass, co- like most stereotypical college poster in the world. Mm. Those are my two, those are the two that things was that I was into. It. That was it. <laughs> Shout out to college dorms. Yeah. College dorms. Uh, they stink and they're wonderful. Oh, Amen. man. Yeah, I think it's good that having a book is a little bit <laughs> underwhelming, you know? Because can you imagine like if every time you did something, it changed your life? You wouldn't do it. I don't know. If, I don't think I would. If, if every book changed my life, you know, like, sure, like, writing it does. But that's mm-hmm. because, you know, it's about the process, you know. Right. So it's, making a thing should change you. But, like, if every time a book dropped, my life, like, shifted. Right, right. Like, on pub day, you just, like, woke up and you're in a new apartment. Yeah, like, no, I, I wouldn't like that. New, more cats. You had four cats now. I'd write a lot slower. You know, I'd be like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. For more cats. For more cats. Oh, I am ready for more cats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'm a cat person. What? Huh? All right. They can take care of themselves. I've been thinking they about can. it. They mm-hmm. can. You can leave. Yeah, I can leave. That's the main thing. I want a dog, but the bitches need too much no, attention. No, they need so much attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I kind of like that. <laughs> I like We're to in a be radical. needed. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I want to ask you about Ars Poetica. Mm. Yes. Um, this amazing series that you have been making. It's uh, like our video cousin. Yes, yeah. it's true. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about Ars Poetica and what the project is, where it came from, et cetera? Yeah. yeah. Um, so let's see where to start. So the project is a YouTube channel um, that is a combination of Complexly Studios and the Poetry Foundation, where three times a week we just post a video of a poet or some non-poet reading their favorite poems. They just say like a sentence or two about why it's their favorite and then they go into reading it and then you get to read it along with them. It sounds really simple. It's very complicated like to make. Mm. Yeah. Like it takes a lot of time to get the sounds right because the words kind of scroll across the page Mm -hmm. and our videographer and our like main video editor Hannah West does all of it and Mm. it just takes forever. Yeah. I'm so glad I don't have to do it. Um, but I really, really appreciate how nice it looks afterwards. Um, but is it using animation to do the reading on the page, or is it just is it just like 
scrolling in the like f- like footage from the actual mm. book. It's definitely animated in some okay, way, but yeah. I'm not sure how exactly. Yeah. Right, right. Um, there's a lot of pictures that have to be taken of like the uh, original book, and then mm. um, she has to go through and and somehow blur that out. Use cool magic video technology that mm-hmm. I don't know anything mm-hmm. about. So it takes a while, and I always feel bad when someone picks a really long poem. I'm like, I'm so sorry, Hannah. <laughs> uh, but it came out, like, we launched the channel in September of last year. Uh, and it's been really wild. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I get to talk to, like, my heroes in poetry mm. and be like, hey, do you want to do this thing? And sometimes they're like, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> whoa, I can't believe you even responded. Like, when Carl Phillips <laughs> responded, I was like, oh, Carl Phillips cares enough to do this thing? Uh, and it was really, really exciting. Um, but then we also get, like, actors. Oh. Yeah, what non-poets have you had? On so we've got Shailene Woodley. Um, Shailene Woodley was in that Big Little Lies. Yes, is that what it's called? Yes, she is. Yeah, yes, she is. Oh, she's the is she the brunette? Yes, that shows up. Oh wow! Yeah, cool. yeah. So she did that, and then um, okay. Do you watch The Office? Have mm-hmm. you seen The Office? So do you know Dwight? Fuck yeah! So we got <gasps> Rain Wilson. Oh, I Wait, missed that one. Really? No, no, it hasn't come up yet. It's, oh. it's, it's, oh it's going to be coming out soon. Yeah. Um, Wait, what poem did Rain Wilson choose? Oh, he remember? chose two poets. So he read two poems, and so um, he did one by T. S. Eliot, and then he did checks out Lee Youngly. Wow! Um, wow! Yeah! Wow! Dwight so, from the office. Dwight, Dwight reading Lee Youngly is yeah. so good. It's I can't so wait to read. And he was that. like, "I first read this poem in the '90s or something," and I was like, "Wow, you've been reading poetry so long." <laughs> um, so that was really, really cool. Um, and then we've got like Jenny Slate is going to oh, do it. Really? Uh, yeah, and I um, love her. Did you see her stand-up special? No, I haven't. Is it good? I I kind of loved it. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah, it made me emotional. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Yeah. I have to watch that and yeah. then get emotional. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really hard for me to get emotional when watching things. Yeah. Unless like an animal is dying on uh, like a movie. That's I'm like, don't, why are you killing this dog? Um, but like otherwise it's like really, really hard for me to get like, I get sad over so many things, but like for some reason movies. Hmm. And then. Why is that? I don't know. I think because I understand that it's not literally happening at that moment. But so do you cry this, over books? Um, what mediums make you cry? What mediums make me cry? Like, for me, it is video. Like, I'll cry at a commercial. There are movies. That, like, I cry at the color purple, like, at the same times every time. Really? Like, yeah. You know like, it's about to. I know it's cry. about to happen. Yeah. I feel the tears welling up, and then it happens, and I burst into tears. Mm. Yeah, every time. <laughs> That's such an interesting question, though. I guess books would be the closest thing, mm-hmm. just because, and I'm already, like, projecting myself onto them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kavit cries a lot at movies and art. Like, mm-hmm. he's just, like, and he won't cry at anything. Like, he doesn't cry at real life. Mm-hmm. Which is really, really interesting. I don't know. Hmm. So do you <laughs> so, cry at poetry readings? At other people's? Mm-hmm. What if I cried at my own? <laughs> Some no. people do. Yeah, no, I don't think I've ever cried I at I cried a at my reading. own one time. Oh, how was it? I cried it? at my book release this time. What was it like? Um, it was intense. I cried not on the poem I thought I was going to cry on. Mm. I read a like, very like happy poem about... Uh, one of my best friends, and she was actually in the audience, and like, yeah, that's you know, the... she like, act- and I think that's the thing. Like, yeah, if I read a poem about somebody in front of them, I get emotional. Yeah, yeah. Um, sure. And I think it was good because I cried on that one, and then it made me not cry during the poem that I thought I was gonna cry in. Oh, like, it, like it was settling. It yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, I've cried once enough tonight. <laughs> that's enough. <laughs> Got it out. Yeah, that's mm. so sweet. But you don't re- you don't cry at, at 
at poetry readings. No, I don't think I've ever cried at a poetry. I don't know what that means. Like, what does that say about my brain? I don't know. Mm. Um, Maybe it's all building up and then soon I will cry at every single poetry (laughs) reading and Mm. people won't want me in the audience. Um, (laughs) But no, I I don't know why it doesn't. um, Like, I cry, like, alone with Mm. books. I think maybe Mm. that's part of it. I think maybe part of it is if I'm, like, in a group. Oh, interesting. There's, like, this feeling of, like, you cannot be vulnerable. Are you not a public crier? No. Okay. Mm. No, I can't. Me neither. Yeah. Well, unless I'm in a movie. Actually. Because it's dark. No, that's a lie. I literally cried on a Delta flight the other oh day on the gosh. phone with my mom and the flight attendant handed me tissues. Oh, <laughs> that's sweet. Well, planes I can see as being like a big place to cry. They're a good place so, to cry. Yeah. Just like stressing out trying to make the plane and mm-hmm. you finally like have the relief of being on the plane mm-hmm. and then it's just like everything's weird. You're in the air. Yeah. Like, there's something about like being in the air. Sense, there's a study. Yeah. I forget what they said it is, but there is some reason why we cry easier in the air. Really? Uh-huh. Like a movie that will make you cry will make you cry 10 times harder on the plane for uh-huh. some reason. At least for me. Like I watched the Mr. Rogers documentary and cried oh for 90 God. minutes <laughs> on the plane. Like from beginning to end. I wasn't even a huge fan of Mr. Rogers as a kid. That. I wasn't. <laughs> I probably watched it like a handful of times. I know the song. You know, I know like the general idea of like I was a Barney kid. Fuck Mr. Rogers. That nigga was old. Uh, yeah. He t- spent like three minutes taking off his fucking sweater and shoes but then i watched this goddamn documentary and i'm weeping like oh mourning goodness. this man that like yeah. i didn't know and like i have no connection but it's the uh, air it's the air do you think if you watched it on the ground you would cry yes but not as, as long as i did okay mm. yeah that's, that's interesting yeah and like in transit it feels like nothing is exactly real like yeah. no- nothing you do is really locked in mm-hmm. so just like have your feelings and then land oh, yeah. and then get back yeah, to that's life true. every yeah. time i fly i'm convinced that the world is a simulation Interesting. Yeah, I'm just like this isn't real. Like this. How am I in the This vehicle right is not moving through the air this fast. Like the air, the Earth is not that far down. This is. Psh. It's true that the Earth seems really fake when you're mm-hmm. in the sky. <laughs> you, you look at it and you're like, ah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> There's just a bunch of screens up instead of windows. Mm-hmm. It's just a uh, yeah. yeah, just watching TV no. is yeah. fine. Yeah, um, not being a public crier. Mm-hmm. What kind of poet does that make you? That's a good question. Humor is definitely used as a sort of distancing mechanism. I definitely, like, if I feel like I'm touching close on something, there's a desire to pull away. Um, And I think that I'm not necessarily pulling away with humor, Mm. um, but I'm using humor to sort of trick myself into staying at bay long enough so I can get back into talking about what I wanted to actually talk about. Does that Mm. make sense? Like Mm -hmm. I'm kind of tricking myself to stay in instead of being like, oh no, you got vulnerable there, pull back. Mm. It's like, no, make a joke and then keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's like telling a joke at like a funeral or something. I don't know what it is, but maybe not that. It would be really bad at a funeral. Um, But I think that I I definitely... jokes are important at funerals. They are. Yeah. If if your funeral's not funny, don't invite me. Uh, TBH. <laughs> Keep me off of your death plans. <laughs> oh, my gosh. oh, darn. Okay. <laughs> I don't even want a funeral. No? Bury me in some mushrooms or whatever is going to do the thing that, like, mm. just gets rid of me really quickly. Mm-hmm. And then everyone can just be like, that was sad. And then, like, move on. Mm-hmm. Hmm. What about people getting together to share nice memories and stuff? Do they have to look at me in the casket? I guess maybe that's part of it. Oh, like, yeah. I don't want them looking at me. You do a closed <laughs> casket. Yeah, but then they're like, why is it closed? <laughs> like, maybe I'm tricking them and I'm still alive. <laughs> like, they want the proof that I'm dead. You know? Do they? I don't know. Why? 
<laughs> closure? Do, oh, I have do this people poem suspect on my foul leg. play? I literally have this tattoo. What? What? I have a poem by Mari Evans called <laughs> that is about this exact situation. Oh my gosh. Called the funeral. <laughs> do you know if I hurt? Do you want to read it? Do you oh want to, don't you have to, to take read your my pants off? Right <laughs> I would, I would, I would. I know the last stand it's curiosity seekers coming uh come by to see um if I'm actually dead or just making trouble. Oh my goodness. You you memorize a lot of poems, yeah, Paige? I like to memorize poems. Yeah. It's really fun. What is it about memorizing poems that you that you love? I have a bad memory and I think that I also have a lack of confidence in my own ability to talk about anything. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, uh, you could ask me, like, very specific things about the things that I deal with every day. Mm -hmm. And I'd just be like, I am not the person to tell you because I don't know anything. Mm -hmm. And so it's really weird to be a professor mm -hmm. and not, like, it's like, here, let me talk to you about poetry. But everything I know about poetry could be proven wrong. <laughs> like, here you go. Have fun. Welcome um, to college. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> there is a way in which memorizing poems, if I, like, at least can give you a poem mm -hmm. to sort of back up whatever I'm talking about. Mm. Um, or if I can um, have a poem ready to recite in the moment where I can't necessarily answer a question. Mm -hmm. um, it's sort of like a defense mechanism mm -hmm. where I can just be like, ah, ah I'm not smart about anything but here's this poem where someone is saying something smart mm -hmm. um but also it's just really fun mm -hmm. to memorize poems so that's part of it but then it's also like i love going and walking out in nature and then just like hearing a poem over and over again because mm -hmm. i love poetry and i want to hear it over and over again and how lovely to just have it in my brain mm -hmm. so that when i'm like standing in line at the post office I can not be thinking about the fact that I'm standing in line at the post office and I can just recite a poem in my head. Mm. And it's fun to do with like Kave. We often will walk around together and memorize poems, but he gets frustrated really fast. And so it's extra fun because I'm like, no, you can do it. You can do it. He's like, no. Um, and then he'll get it completely wrong. And it's like really, really cute. <laughs> so it's fun to do it with people too. Mm. What was the last poem that you memorized? The last poem that I tried to memorize, which we haven't, gotten through um was nicole seeley's object permanence oh yeah you don't have i just realized time. something very dirty about that poem the other day what part is dirty uh the days will end with uh silkworms gorged on milkweed i thought you were gonna say the gorged on milkweed part it is it is it's literally dicks full of cum oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it is dicks full of cum. It's dicks full of cum. Or mouths full of cum. Or mouths full of cum. Oh Either my way. god, gorged. I'm gorged on that milkweed. Ah, yeah. yeah. I just Love saw it. Yeah, I was reading it the other day. I was like, oh, it's cum. It's been cum this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It was cum all along. <laughs> wow. That's like a very like sixth sense ending. Yeah. <laughs> like, <first> <laughs> <laughs> You've ruined it for everyone that hasn't read the poem yet. I'm sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> sorry. I mean, you know, whether you know it's cum or not, you should still enjoy the cum. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hadn't thought about it like that. But when you said dirty, I was like, what could be dirty? And that was the image that popped up. Mm. Like, okay, it's the gorge. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Cameron and I tried to, I think we, at some point, we were like, we mo know most of that Mary Oliver poem, the wild geese mm. one. And so we were like, maybe we should try to just like. Get it down. Get the whole, get it like actually down. Mm -hmm. mm. And then, and it's it's funny also to to think about what parts are easier to memorize than others. And like what, because mm. it's like the, you do not have to be good, et cetera. It's all pretty easy. And then there's like a part in the middle that's like the, 
clearly I don't have it, but it's like <laughs> the mountains and the lakes and the rain and the river and the, you know, like there's this middle part that's just like impossible to remember. Hmm. It teaches you a lot about a poem to try to memorize. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, and also like it's very useful for me to think about how I want to write a poem mm. because sometimes when I'm memorizing a poem, things that I get wrong are the things that I think would work better in the poem that I yeah. memorized. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. no, why? My, my line is so much better. Why would they have gone with that? Mm. And so it's it's something that I'm sure it would be useful to do with my own poems. Like as I'm writing them, be like, okay, we'll just repeat it over and over and what's mm. not working. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that I would feel very silly to have someone like hear me reciting my own poem as mm. I'm walking around in nature. Mm. Um, and so that's another oh, man. reason to memorize poems. Seems like a good assignment for my students mm. to like make them memorize a poem and then... And oh, then my professors yeah. used to make us do that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I it was very helpful. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That. It's mm-hmm. fun for me because it's just like none of them want to do it. And then when they have it, they're so it. excited. Right, they're yeah, like, yeah. I got it, I yeah, got it. Yeah. And there's just some poems that are just like stuck in there forever. But there's other poems that I memorize and I have to keep coming back to them or I'll forget them. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm. There's like The Neighborhood Dog by Russell Edson. Mm-hmm. It's kind of one. like a prosy poem and there's a lot of repetition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one is very, very hard to keep in my brain forever. Like I'll have snippets of it and then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I have to go back and memorize yeah. it because there's just so much there. What's um, the one that is lodged deep in there that won't get out? Heather Crystal's people are a living are a living structure like a coral reef. Mm. It's just like a poem that will always be in my brain. Wow. It's just a very silly poem and I love it very much. I want to leave room to talk about the new project. Yeah, I want to talk about epics. Yeah. Epics. Yeah. But I can I sneak in one other question on this on this subject before Please. we move on. Is it a question of whimsy? Yes. <laughs> mm, question of whimsy. Yeah. I mean, whimsy. so this Heather Crystal poem is so, um, yeah, has so much whimsy. Yeah. The quality of being whimsical is like so strongly throughout Space Struck um, mm. and throughout so much of your work. Um, what's your relationship with whimsy? <laughs> what's that all about? Yeah. Or do you think of do you think of it that way? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever thought of Is whimsy. It whimsy or wonder. Maybe it's wonder. more like wonder, like mm. wonder and delight at yeah. strangeness. Things are so. Strange. What does whimsy mean? What is like the hard definition of whimsy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, playfully quaint or fanciful behavior or humor. Hmm. I love that the the example sentence is, the film is an awkward blend of whimsy and moralizing, which is like <laughs> weird um, example sentence. Mm-hmm. Very judgmental uh, example I sentence. Like that first definition, though, works. The, the playfully, playfully quaint, fanciful behavior or humor. Yeah, I like maybe. Fanciful behavior. I think of whimsy as also like, um, yeah, delight and wonder. Kind of, but on sort of like a small scale. Like when we say mm. like a whim. You know? Mm, yeah, maybe that's why publishing this book didn't feel like anything. Mm. It seemed like too big of a thing for me. I think that the smaller things, like I recently saw a video of an assassin bug coming out of its shell. There's a thing called an assassin bug? Yeah, wow. yeah. Whoa. And it's weird looking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
but it I'm came out of like a tiny egg and it was so big and it was just scrunched oh. up in the small egg and its legs were so long when it came out and just watching it and the egg was kind of see-through mm -hmm. so you could kind of see as its legs were coming Whoa. out that there was still a lot of leg left Whoa. and i was just like blown away i was like that's so amazing that that could even fit in there and it's been in my mind ever since like i keep thinking about this assassin bug and i had mm. never thought about an assassin bug coming out of an egg before and that's what I kind of care about putting into poems. Like I want mm. I want to like learn things and I want to learn like little snippets of facts and then I want to be able to share those facts with people. Mm. Or if I if I see something, I want someone around so I can be like, look at that thing that's happening right now. Um, like it's still happening. You have to look. Uh, look what that fish is doing or look what that flower is doing. Uh, <laughs> I just want to be pointing. Like I should mm. be like, look at this thing. Look at mm -hmm, this thing. Look mm -hmm. at this thing. Um, which is why I'm really bad at writing essays because I'm just like, look what this guy's doing. And then look at this and look. And they're like, but why does it matter? I'm like, I don't know, but look at it. Uh, <laughs> I think that that's maybe where the whimsy is mm. connected. Mm -hmm. Just like look at these beautiful tiny things mm. and what we can take from them is maybe sometimes just enjoyment. And mm. I don't know that I have anything uh, more intelligent to say mm. about that thing and what it's doing and what it reflects about mm. anything about Mm. us as humans but mm. like just look at it hmm. mm. <laughs> i like that because it sounds like hmm it reminds me of our talk with um angel nafis about mm. the ecstatic tradition mm -hmm. oh maybe the poetics of whimsy is like the slow ecstatic right we're like an ecstatic poet in a single poem is like look at these 80 things <laughs> the whimsical poet is like no i want to look at this thing for a very long time and then i'll look at another thing <laughs> yeah. i think it's like it's like look at this little thing and then like tee -hee -hee. Yeah, <laughs> you know the ecstatic isn't isn't look at this thing tee hee hee. It's like look at this thing, wow. Yes, you know, sure. yes, yes. <laughs> it's like a woohoo. What the hell? <laughs> you know, a woohoo. It's a woohoo. It's a woohoo. Anyway, woohoo to you, Paige. All uh, right, let's talk yeah, about let's um, your non-binary non epic. So I'm writing an epic right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, when I was in undergrad, I took this Bible as literature course, mm -hmm. and there was this one tiny, tiny character in the Book of Judges that I was obsessed with. The Book of Judges, wow. Book of Judges. Hmm. Um, and so... Underrated book. <laughs> I mean, it's doing stuff. Uh, so in the Book of Judges, there's this one... Okay, so there's only one judge that's a woman. Mm -hmm. And she is a prophet. And her name is Deborah. God sends her to basically recruit this uh, warrior, this soldier. His name is Barak. Deborah's like, look, God's going to be on your side and you need to fight these Canaanites. And they've got this really intense warrior named Sisera and he's going to lead you to defeat him. But it's going to be tough, but you're going to win ultimately because you have God on your side. And Barack's like, oh, um, I'll do it if you come with Deborah. And Deborah's like, shit, no, why would you doubt God? Why would you do this? And so then Deborah's like, okay, look, you're still going to win, but God is going to take away your victory of killing Sisera by sending him to be killed by a woman. Hmm. And that's your punishment and your embarrassment is having to lose that soldier to a woman. Hmm. And so then Sisera runs from the slaughter during the battle mm -hmm. and goes to this tent of this woman named Yael. And he's like, give me water. I'm thirsty. And Yael's like, no, here's some milk. So Sarah falls asleep. And then Yael takes this giant tent peg and a hammer and hammers his skull into the ground. Wow. And then he's dead. 
Sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah. Uh, okay. And and so there's like this tiny, tiny, like it's it's like less than a page long in the book of Judges where Yael is a character at all. And I was like, what a badass. Like, what is happening? Why is this the only thing that she does? Mm-hmm. What else is there to her story? She, mm-hmm. No descendants are listed or she's not a descendant of anyone listed. She's just like the wife of Heber and that's it. Just random tent wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so... I kept trying to write a poem about her, and it never worked. Mm. And then one day I was like, oh, it wants to be longer. Mm. And so I wanted to sort of give some backstory to this character who that I'd just been like really into for a really long time and give them choices. Um, and I've already kind of switched the pronouns because like I noticed as I was writing that I wasn't feeling very connected to the character. Mm. And then my husband, uh, Kaveh Akbar, was like, why don't you make Yael's pronouns they, them, like your pronouns? Mm. I was like, can I do that? Mm. (laughs) I was like, oh, you can do that. I can do that. (laughs) And it became so much more fun to write. Mm. Um, And so now there's so much more to the journey. Mm. I recently started teaching a graduate craft course, um, and I got to pick what I taught. And I was like, well, I'm writing this epic. Why don't I just teach epics um and so i started teaching a course on feminist epics like american feminist epics from Mm. like 20th and 21st century um what are examples of feminist epics would autobiography of red be a feminist Ah, epic yes but it's not american but it's not oh canadian canadian i know so (laughs) i had to narrow it down because i was so excited and i was trying to put all these um all these books on there and so there's like a dion brand book the blue clerk that i wanted but also canadian Mm. um Damn, so, Canadians, come on. I know. What are you doing with that? Like, uh, Midwinter Day is uh, by Bernadette Mayer is an oh. epic written about a single day, December 22nd from 1978. Hmm. And um, Bernadette Mayer basically writes the, the entire day. Whatever's happening, whatever association she's making in her brain, it's all going hmm. down. And she's writing it. In one day. So she's writing about this entire day and also writing it in one day. And it's Whoa. like a hundred and something pages long. Whoa. Um, so she just sat there and wrote a poem for a whole last day? No, she she went and did all the things and then would just be like writing on the backs of receipts as she was doing them. Whoa. And so like she she gets up and it's all about like motherhood and what it means to like like thinking about the domestic mm. as an epic and not just like the public like the public versus private sphere and how much mm. those are actually connected for women mm-hmm. um, like Mrs. Dalloway yeah, yeah yeah um and so it's just so incredible to see all of the different types of stories that these poets are coming up with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when we think of like just all the ways that we can write an epic and it's giving me so many ideas for my own and it's so like it's like ha i'm like i'm being paid to teach you this but this is really just for me oh yeah um, like this is all for me i feel like that's like why teach <laughs> or why make a certain kind of like glass yeah. exactly yeah. like i just want to learn all the things again and again and my students are just wonderful about it and they keep like posting on twitter quotes mm-hmm. that they're reading from like whatever book we're oh, on right awesome. now and so it's like really cool to be able to see that and be like haha you like this <laughs> <laughs> um what has it meant for you to write specifically a non-binary epic or a, a, mm. an epic with a non-binary character at the center mm. it's been really useful because it helps me learn a little bit more about 
what it means for me to be non-binary. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it even, like, it's so hard to understand identity. Like, for myself, at least, it's really, really difficult to know. I mean, in the same way that I don't really know anything about poetry, I don't know anything about myself. Like, mm. I don't know how to put labels on things. Um, and I think that... Uh, writing this epic has helped me explore what I think it means to be non-binary as I'm allowing the character to explore. Mm. Mm. Um, And so I think, again, it's that thing about like putting a little bit of like a mask on, like Mm. this is me (laughs) Um, in some ways and and being able to explore things that I wouldn't feel as comfortable exploring if I was talking in the first person. Mm. Um, And so I still don't know. I'm not done with the epic. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, it seems like um, a form that's at least ripe for um, venturing out into the unknown. If you know, if the unknown is like is yeah, yeah. gender, you know, like <laughs> that that yeah, that's like that's what the form is built for, right? Definitely, to go like, off and explore. Well, and that's the thing with this, like the the epic that I'm writing is before this murder of this man happens. Mm-hmm. Mm. So then you would think then, of course, the ending would have to be this murder mm-hmm. or at least something is going to happen where that comes up. But that's not true. Like, mm-hmm. if that doesn't have to happen, mm-hmm. I am taking this character, but mm-hmm. I don't necessarily have to make their story end the same way that it ends in the Bible. Yeah, that could have been an insignificant moment. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I think it is. I think mm-hmm. it, like if it, it didn't, they didn't mention Yael again. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't seem to matter except to embarrass this one guy. Like, how about I give this character a whole new life? Mm. I have no idea where it's going, which is really exciting. But I don't, I, I don't know how they're going to make that choice. Like, mm. are they going to follow the rules mm. and kill this guy mm. that they don't know, um, or is something else going to happen where they're not even in their tent at mm. that time, or are they just going to like tear down the entire? story like are they going to figure out that i am writing this and like are they (laughs) like are they going to come back at me and then it's going to be a whole battle i don't know like i have no idea where it's going that's exciting it's very exciting also sounds scary it's (laughs) It's so scary um but it's taken way longer than i thought it would Hmm. do you have a sense of how far you are into the story okay like i mean like i have a sense of like pages but like I have no idea how far we've gone or if, like, once I get to a certain point, if I'm going to have to go back and be like, oh, we don't need any of this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just like, I, I don't know if I've even written into the story yet. Maybe I haven't even gotten to the beginning, mm-hmm. which is exciting. Like, I love that writing a poem usually means sitting down for, like, eight hours and standing up and being like, here's a poem. Mm-hmm. Let me show it to my beloved. This mm-hmm. is exciting. Um, and now I just sit down. And I'm like, this isn't going to be the end. Like, I don't have mm. an end in sight, and I'm so used to having this sort of satisfaction that comes with writing something quite small. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe maybe this will be the thing where once I'm finished, if I ever finish, I'll be like, ah, this is what it feels like to have a book. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. And maybe that'll be different, but I don't know. And now it is time for recess here on Versus, and we are going to play some games. Our first game now has three names as opposed to the two that we couldn't decide on. Uh, so now it is called Fast Punch, 
aka speed bag aka the best of stuff the worst of stuff so we're gonna give you we're gonna put some time on the board um clock is gonna tick and we are going to give you 10 things that you are either going to tell us uh, either the best of that category or the worst of that category your choice which one would you like to do today the best the best the best, the best of things all right the best of stuff Best, best of stuff. stuff. Best, best of stuff. stuff. Stuff is different Let's than get things. It right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best of stuff. <laughs> All right. Producer Daniel's gonna put some time on the board. Franny, you wanna go first? Sure. And okay. Let's go. Best kind of notebook to write in. Uh, unlined moleskin. Best genre besides poetry. Ooh. Uh, I know the ticking really makes it hard. Yeah, this is stressful. You got it. You got it. Can I do like a like a yes. science fiction? Like mm-hmm. we, okay. Yeah, science fiction. Okay. Great. Um, best fish. Beta. <laughs> best punctuation. Ooh, interrobang. Mm. Mm. Um, best number of people at a party. One. <laughs> <laughs> best baby name. Oh, Sarah. Mm. Mm. Um, (laughs) Best uh, place to write? Mm, Cafe. Mm. Best title of a poem? Oh, no. The best title of a poem? Whatever you can think of. Oh, my God. No. Why would you do this? (laughs) I hate this question. Just title you enjoy. We can lessen the stakes. (laughs) But now I've forgotten all poetry. Okay. Pass. (laughs) Okay. Pass. Um, Best. (laughs) Best. Um. (laughs) A sweet drink. Diet Mountain Dew. Mm. All right. Um, Best food to cook. Best food to cook. Uh, Tofu. Mm. And uh, best guilty pleasure TV. (gasps) The Circle. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Paige Lewis. Can we talk about The Circle? (laughs) 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 Never have I been more dedicated to maybe quitting social media as I did when I had to watch other people be on social media. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's so addicting. It's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. Now we are going to play uh, a game we like to call This Versus That, where we will uh, take two things and you have to tell us which one would win in a fight. Mm. Um, So for this round of This Versus That, we have in this corner the beta fish. And in that corner, we have the assassin bug. Mm-hmm. Tell us who would win in a fight. So if it is the assassin bug right after it comes out of its egg, uh-huh. I bet the beta fish would win. Why? Um, Grown assassin bug. It's a pretty big bug, and it's got like yeah. a pretty intense sting, I've heard. Hmm. Um, I, I think that the fish would win not because it would be good at I think it would be good at attacking the bug, but it could also just like let the bug drown in the water. <laughs> oh, I guess it depends on whether it's a yeah, if it's a water course or a or a, um, or a land course. But if we're I not think thinking we're doing about a Pokemon that, style, yeah, you know, like somehow you can fight with the fish Pokemon when you're yeah, on the land. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it works. okay, yeah, sure. Though the fish on the land in Pokemon usually are bad, Magikarp is just like flopping around and right, you can't right, do right. anything. So you use like seeking. But yeah, wait, yeah, in, well, okay. yeah, I guess yeah. I guess in like in like the cartoon and stuff, there's like the arena, mm-hmm. and so there's like some water and some land. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I think that the beta fish would win huh. if we're thinking about the battle between like which one um, would win my heart. It's still a beta <laughs> fish. Yeah. Can I say I though? I'm say googling it. pictures of the assassin bug right now. These motherfuckers are gnarly. It, they're really strange looking. I I saved one off the road one day and I didn't know Whoa. what it was and it didn't bite me. But then I looked up 
uh, if it was like a bite or not. They apparently have a really intense bite. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess if you're assassin and it's called an assassin <laughs> bug, you should probably come with some weaponry. Yeah, but it could be like a trick, right? Like That's true. to get you to stay away from them and they're really actually kind. Like how Ally Bank is actually just one of those banks. They're not what? really your ally. Yeah. Is this just it's like, like Goldman Sachs like or Bank of America in disguise? Yeah. Yeah. It was like one of the banks that was like responsible for the, oh my gosh, this bug is really intense looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, one of the bugs, one of the, one of the, one of the bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Got to break out the big bugs. Um, the, <laughs> one of the banks that was responsible for the recession and the mm. crash, like rebranded as Ally Bank, wow. which I I use. I wonder. I bank with Ally Bank. Have you ever done a versus between like a Chase Bank and a Goldman Sachs Bank? No. no. Mm. But, but you know who loses? Everyone. Amazing. <laughs> um, Paige, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. We really appreciate you coming by and talking to us about all this amazing stuff. Um, where can people find more of your work in the world? They can Google me and just say <laughs> Paige Lewis at Poetry. Because if they just Google Paige Lewis, then a Christian rock singer pops up. Oh. And we're both white and we both have the same haircut. And so it's very confusing. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All this persona mask stuff, mm-hmm. I see. Wow, wow, huh. wow. So Turns remember, out. <laughs> look for the Paige Lewis who might make Jesus mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paige, could you close us out with one more poem? Would you do us the honor? Totally. This one is called, it's got a bleeding title that just goes right into the poem. It's called The Moment I Saw a Pelican Devour. The moment I saw a pelican devour a seagull, wings, swallowing wings, I learned that a miracle is anything that God forgot to forbid. So when you tell me that saints are splintered into bone bits smaller than the freckles on your wrist, and that each speck is sold to the rich, I know to marvel at this, and not the fact that these same saints are still wholly intact and fresh-faced in their plexiglass tomb displays. We wholly our own fragments when we can. Trepanation patients wear their skull spirals as amulets. Mothers frame the dried foreskin of their firstborn. And I've seen you swirl my name on your tongue like a thirst pebble. Still, I try to hold on to nothing for fear of being crushed by what can be taken, because sometimes not even our mouths belong to us. Listen, in the early 1920s, women were paid to paint radium onto watch dials so that men wouldn't have to ask the time in dark alleys. They were told it was safe, told to lick their brushes into sharp points, These women painted their nails, their faces, and judged whose skin shone brightest. They coated their teeth so their boyfriends could see their bites with the lights turned down. The miracle here is not that these women swallowed light. It's that when their skin dissolved and their jaws fell off, the Radium Corporation claimed they all died from syphilis. It's that you're telling me about the dull slivers of dead saints while these women are glowing beneath our feet. That 
that was Paige Lewis, yes, ladies and gentle thems. Oh my, <laughs> ladies and gentle thems. Yeah, ladies and gentle thems. Oh, yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the concept of this non-binary epic mm-hmm. um, spinoff of the Bible. Right, and like way to take like somebody who's like all of like a page or a paragraph, yeah. and blow it into a whole story. That's the best part, you know. Like you ever like watch a movie or something like that, and you're like, yeah, 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 main character, but who's that bitch? Right, 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 right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who would you if you had to like? you know do some shit after page and like take that tiny character and raise them up to the main who would it be you know when you were saying this just now mm-hmm. i thought of um there's a there's a, a a background character extra that uh lord of the rings fans named figwit figwit he appears in the background of the council of elrond scene okay figwit stands for frodo is great who is that <laughs> <laughs> And so I kind of want to know what the deal with Figwit is. Also, the thing is that fun fact, Figwit was played by Brett from Flight of the Concords. Really? Yeah. That's his other major role is as Figwit in huh. the Lord of the Rings. So I'm almost certain that there's Figwit fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And I would like to be pointed toward it. If you are listening to this and you know of any, please uh, comment and let me know. Word. Love it. Figwit. Wonderful. There's yeah. indeed confirmed fanfic that oh, we've just yeah. confirmed okay. on the internet. Yeah, I guess um, I could have just Googled it as our producer Daniel Kissinger just did. <laughs> um, anyway, that's what I'll be doing later, I guess. Cool. <laughs> what <laughs> about you? Getting your figwood on. Getting <laughs> <laughs> my figwood on. Um, who would I do? Okay, so it might feel obvious, and I'm pretty sure there's like probably a graphic novel about it. Um, but I would want to write about Alfred from Batman. Because I don't like thinking that like Alfred is just like this dude who worked for this rich family who like quasi-adopted a child when like the parents got, you know, off. Yeah, um, he has personhood. He has personhood, right? He like Bruce, Bruce is a grown ass man, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, Alfred is there to like help him, but like that nigga's also there for that chick. And so I want to know, like, you know, when like Bruce is off, like looking for the Joker and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, does Alfred, you know, where does Alfred drink? You know, right. who does Alfred text you up? Mm-hmm. You know, like I want him to have a full life, and <laughs> I would just like him to be a like dirty old daddy leather fag, and huh. yeah, you know, who like takes like the the like extra pieces from like Bruce making a new suit and like turns it into a harness. Ooh, into a little harness. <laughs> yeah, you know, and he has like his like Alfred belt full of like poppers and condoms oh and lube and a batarang. Um, just because you need a batarang. Just, just in case. Yeah, just yeah. in case. You know, in these things be out here. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. We should do some thank yous and yes. get out of here. Yes. Okay, can I do my thank you first? Yeah. Okay, so since this is an episode about beautiful tiny things, I would like to give my love, my appreciation, and my heart to Jabuki. Um, Jabuki White, um, I want to let you know that even like though... It's like one out of three episodes you you put the bat signal out being like, I... am trying please, to sleep with this person. Please marry me. <laughs> please marry me, Jabuki. I know you identify as a short king. Um, <laughs> I am a shorter queen, exactly two inches shorter than you. I found out you were 5'10". I feel like you need to stop lying about being short. What? But yeah. He's 5'10"? He's 5'10". That's regular. That's, that's, that's short. That's, that's not even regular. To me, that is tall. Wow. Uh, you know, I wish I was 5'10". I wow. lie and say sometimes I'm 5'9", when I'm really 5'8". And a half. Uh, <laughs> but Jabuki, if you're out there, I feel like your butthole smells like lavender. Um, I feel like the front is probably has a nice situation going on, too. And, you know, verse for verse, I'm here for you, my boo. Let me know. I'm polyamorous. I have a darling, but you can also be my darling, Clementine. Let me peel you. There, okay. All right. Eat fruit. Uh-huh. Okay. Love you, Jabuki. I think for that's any? it. Okay. <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to Ricola. A beautiful tiny thing. A beautiful tiny thing. 
Man, these lozenges have gotten me across the country and back. Mm. Thanks for lubricating my throat all mm-hmm. of these years. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being the Vicks Vapor Rub of the inside of the throat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank yeah. you for being such a geometrically right-angled shape. Mm-hmm. Rectangular. Man, mm-hmm. they're so rectangular, mm-hmm. and I love them. Yeah, health's candy. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who else do we got to thank for, Annie? Um, we are thanking the Poetry Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you especially to Idalmi Noriega and to Itzel Blancas. Um, thank you to our producer, Daniel Kisslinger. Thank you to Post Loudness, and thank you to you for continuing to listen to us. Yes, follow us on Twitter at Podcast. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts or any other place where they let you rate and subscribe and comment, then you should rate and subscribe and comment as you should if you like this if you don't keep it to yourselves put it on the right thread we don't care um but until then y'all we are on out of here we'll see you in two weeks with another fresh episode with your new favorite poet talk to you later y'all goodbye Peace.